Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Webway Radio. I'm Kurt. And I'm Christoph. And today we are going to talk to Christoph about commission painting. Yeah. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit of news in the hobby. So we just had the Warhammer Weekender, uh, 40th anniversary of 40K. That was exciting. We've got new Space Marine Scouts and Striking Scorpions coming in the Kill Team box. Any any hot takes on that? Uh, the new sculpts look really good for the Striking Scorpions. Yes. I like uh, I like how they're more defined and I guess beefy looking is what I'd call it. They're yes, less yeah. resin, yeah, less, less fine cast. How about yeah, that? They look good. Like I know paint some. We we three D printed some for Jordan to take to Cherokee last year, and somebody's like, "Wow, those new sculpts are awesome!" Yeah, it's like those aren't new sculpts. These ones look good. The ones in the kill team box look great. Yeah, and and even the new scouts I think look good, mm-hmm. and it 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 really calls back to the old scout box that I've got. You know, three or four of those laying around here somewhere. Right. Um, they're just a little bit bigger, so I I really dig that. In Warhammer: The Old World news, Bretonia they showed off a lot of that line. It looks really good. I was a Warhammer fantasy guy back in the day. Bretonia was always one of those armies I really wanted. I thought it looked really cool. I, I play them a lot in Total War Warhammer. I, I'm excited for the old world to be coming back. It it calls to me like the One Ring, because it was kind of my first Warhammer love. That's what got me into the hobby. I used to play with a group in Viola, tiny little town not far from here. But there'd be like eight or ten of us. We'd rent the community center, and we'd all just play games all day. It was like 35 bucks to rent it for the day. It was awesome. Um, and that's that's kind of how I got started. Yeah, that's how to, that's that's a good way to do it. Uh, from what I've seen, um, the old world is going to be pretty popular, and you know, on the social media for, platforms and stuff, a lot of people are pretty stoked for it. Yeah, I mean, I and I was just telling you before we we started recording, you know, I I sold off all of my fantasy armies except for my wife's high elves, and she was like, "That's my first. Life. I can't I can't let them go." And so they're still in that box waiting to be you know brought back out i think they've been out of that box twice yeah in 10 years wow but they're there i was a tomb kings player myself the the undead from the desert okay amazing i i hate that i let that that army go that was that was a passion project tomb kings okay i know what you're talking about I had the uh the skeleton archers instead of being like horse skeleton and skeleton it was converted to look like centaurs. Oh, sweet. Really cool, yeah. So a lot of a lot of love in that army, and uh, we we did see the cities of Sigmar, the full range for Age of Sigmar. It reminds me of the Empire so much, and it's it's probably the one army I would allow myself to play if I was going to get into Sigmar. But thankfully, I sold off most of that. Space Marines came out. We got a Codex, lots of new models, and like I think I told Austin last episode, you know, I've been holding off on on doing anything Space Marine related because I knew if I so much as looked at that codex, I was probably out on Tyranids. And uh, as you can see to your right there, the codex is on the desk. So now I'm I'm looking to build my Space Wolves. Yeah, the new Space Marine rules are looking pretty good. From what I've seen, the, is it Iron Storm? I think so. The Where they take just a bunch of dreadnoughts? Uh, yeah, any vehicle. Any ve- okay, really any cool. vehicle. Yeah, And uh, I, I dread that. I haven't played against it yet. I think, uh, is it Jordan at the shop? Is that what he's wanting yeah, to run? Yeah, he's wanting to run lots of uh, dreads and vehicles. Oof, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be rough. I know he he completely wrecked me at a thousand points of nids. So, yeah, guns go boom. Mm-hmm. And then finally, kind of on the local front, we we have a date for the next alternate dimensions Warhammer 40k tournament, which is December second. Um, and this one's going to be at 2,000 points, so if you're listening and haven't signed up, do so because slots are filling fast. Yeah, I don't know how many slots were available. Is it still 10? Uh, yeah, it's 10. That's, still just, 10. that's all they can really fit in that store, unfortunately. Yeah, come on out and uh, get a game in with us. Are you going to come to the event? I don't know. It depends on if I can get these other two projects I'm working on finished. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I know my wife is wanting to come back out. Me and her actually have a game scheduled for Tuesday afternoon out here, which means I have to clean this desk, and that that gives me a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. But she is going to run a variation of the custodies list I took to the last event. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically my old list plus another thousand points of right more bikes and a and a dreadnought, right? Um, actually, she the bikes just aren't that great. Oh. They're so overcosted for what you're getting. And with that mounted keyword, you can't go through buildings. So it's kind of, yeah. They look great, though. Oh, I like the sculpts. Beautiful. I, I love the models. I considered buying more, and then, you know, they're just not great at the moment. We got six of them. Seven, I think, technically, with the captain. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's basically just a ton of infantry. We were looking at Lord Inquisitor Kyria or something. It, it, it's some random Inquisitor model they put out, which I need to talk to Alex about getting. But she can join any Imperium unit and get in any transport. So there's no restriction. She can join Terminator. She can join whoever. But she's got a gun that's like sustained hits to, I think it's four or six shots, anti-infantry with dev wounds and two damage. So she can just wow. point at things and be like, oh, there's three dead whatevers. Yeah, no kidding. So. Does she have precision? I think so, yeah. Oof. I, I think I, you know, I'm not going to spend 20 minutes looking it up, but right, right. it's interesting. And of course, she's got, you know, you can't shoot at the unit. There's, there's all sorts of rules, and it, it's really good for foot custodians. I think, at least throw it in a unit and, and have it. And you know, one of the things I, I think I talked to you about while we were playing pre-tournament last time, one of the big weaknesses I found in custodians is there was no way to give them advance and charge. I figured out how to give them advance and charge. Apparently, you put a blade champion in the unit, and they can do that. So. Yeah, advance yeah. and charge is very strong. Well, especially when you're all foot. And yeah. in fact, she's going to take the land raider over there. Oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm very. We needed to fill some points because you know, it's a quick two fifty. But she's really excited to to play something besides Eldar. She took him out for a spin two weeks ago, I think. And there's just too many nuances with what the you know the list she wanted to run. She's not trying to be meta and and do all the wraith guards and and all that stuff. But I think custodians would be a little easier for you. It's basically sit on the objective, pay your CP, make it obsec, and and move on to the next one. Yep. As far as news goes, I think that's really it. You know, sign up for that alternate dimension tournament if you haven't yet. Let's move on to some hobby progress. So I don't have anything listed for you. Do you want to go first? What have you been working on? What are you painting? What are you building? Um, currently, I'm working on more space marines for... Um, uh, fella at the shop um he's doing you know ultramarines and then he wants uh what's the what's the character's name it's a salamander character is it agrax or adrax yeah i think i actually gave him the model yeah the guy with the hammer (laughs) yeah so he wants that one in traditional salamanders and then vulcan in the traditional salamanders 
Um, okay, cool. And then the one after that that I've I've have it primed. I haven't been working on it yet. Is uh, my eight bound actually? Oh, so, so yeah, you got those in. Yeah. Well, I've converted possessed oh. to eight bound. I used Age of Sigmar Wrathmongers. What are, I have I can't no remember. Idea. It's if if <laughs> if you if you're looking at the Age of Sigmar corn uh, line, it's the guy the buff dudes with the like hammer things on chains. Yes. I, I don't know if they're called Wrathmongers or something like that. This is going to sound awful and you can see the room, but I I'm pretty sure I have to start collecting corn something here somewhere. I wouldn't I, doubt it. I I don't know why that clicked and, and made me remember that, but yes, I've I've got that around here somewhere too. So I took the possessed and then those and kit bashed some eight bound. So I'm working on eight bound in between my commissions right sure, now. Sure, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Anything else on the table or kind of working on that? Uh, that's it. I mean, I have a Lord of Skulls that I want to run at the tournament. Um, he's almost finished. Uh, I think I have to paint the little blood tanks on his back and then he'll be full considered fully finished for the tournament anyway right now is that a forge world model or is that gw mainline now gw mainline yeah wow yeah okay do they have is it a conversion or something they have i don't I lord don't of skulls yeah no he's, he's just came in his own box huh. yeah he's, okay. he looks like thomas the tank engine yeah i could have swore a, he was forge world but maybe at some point i don't know i, I must have missed that one no, i tuned he's, out he's gw mainline <laughs> As far as my stuff goes, I'm still kind of slogging through the Tyranids. I got 30 Hormagots built up, painted, and based. Did the base toppers, kind of testing schemes and colors and things like that. And I'm pretty happy with it. I think the purple goes well with the green and the light brown color on the skin. And it kind of just makes the green pop, I think, a little bit. So The base toppers look fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got so many of those laying around and then so many more that I need to print. And in my, my project, once you, or once we finish recording here is to literally go count, like how many of these do I need? How many of those do I, and just start banging out prints left and right. Cause it's, it's got to be done. Yep. Soon. Yeah. Just, you know, trying to get everything based up. Now I, I made a mistake and bought the space Marines codex. So now there are some space wolves on the table, kind of playing with some lists and seeing if I can, make it work. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, but we'll, we'll see. I don't know. So I haven't decided what I'm going to take to the event, but I, I need to pick it very quickly because it's either paint 120 Tyranids or like 30 space wolves. I'd say go with the space wolves just for hobby sake. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. It'd be a lot easier to just kind of knock those out. I can like, not granted a majority of the Tyranids are super quick. It's, it's literally skeleton horde on the the flesh and dark green on the carapace and a quick dry brush and they're basically done at least you know from a three color standard and uh, it's just volume but i can i can do the the contrast on you know 50 bodies in like 20 minutes it's so fast yep and it doesn't necessarily need a lot of time to look decent so no they look good mm-hmm. yep that's all i'm going for i'm not i'm not winning golden demons with these things I've, I've got far too many to paint maybe on the characters i'll take a little more time but We'll get there. A lot of, a lot of hobby. Yeah. So that's, that's all I've really been working on. I, I will say one of my 3d printers died, my mono wax. Um, so I've, I've spent like a week trying to, uh, get that going. And last night my test print successfully came through. It was technically two of the three models on the build plate failed, but that was more of a support issue than a, uh, it's not printing issue. 
Apparently, you have to change your FEP more than once every two years. All right, so let's let's move over to games played. Christoph, you played any games lately? Uh, I have not played a game since the last tournament. What? I have not. I've been painting so much that I have not been able to play. That is unfortunate. I did, however, um, I was at the local shop, Altered M, and watched Necrons versus Space Marines. Okay, yeah, I think couple, I, I saw you up there, right? Yeah. Okay. What was it two days ago? Three days ago? I, it's all running together, man. I don't know. Yeah, that was a um, a pretty solid game. That was uh, Jordan taking the vehicle heavy list, and then okay. John taking his classic sure. double brick. What, what? The lich guard. Lich guard, yeah, yeah, the double lich guard brick. And this is going to sound awful, but while I've been working on my uh, space wolf list, that's something that I've had to consider. It's like, how do I deal with two bricks of lich guard? I think I've got the answer. In in my opinion, you don't. You ignore it, unless you can reliably kill it. I I have ideas. Yeah, okay. We'll see. I don't know. Lots of uh, sustained hits, lethal hits, and dev wounds is the plan. Volume of dice. So I've played a lot of little, like, thousand-point experimental Tyranid games just to see how things move, how things shoot, how things survive. I've done very well. I've I've put a lot of pressure on people, um, but at a thousand points, as as you know, it's not super balanced, uh, especially with tier nets. It's like you get one big guy and a bunch of little dudes, and that's that's really it. So I've I've technically lost all the games, but I I felt really good, just like wow, had, you know, if I was running unending swarm, I I could have brought that back, uh, or at two thousand points, I could have maybe built a little more survivability in. But it's basically like, do you want three monsters or? You know, a monster and two or three little units at a thousand points. It's just, I think, yep. they, I think they need a bit of a price drop, and and they'll be in a much much better place. But I did, um, we did a demo game for a guy who's new at the shop and he's interested in the hobby. They came over, it was Matthew and mm. Zach, and I let him use my world eaters. Okay, and I noticed that the what did he take? Matthew took the screamer killer. Mm-hmm. And the, I think it's the psychophage. Yes. And then the the two, um, they they got the cannons on their backs that shoot the little spore mines. Biovores. Biovores. Yeah. And the screamer killer, um, uh, Zach charged the Mauler fiend in to the screamer killer, and it just got com- absolutely obliterated. Really? Turn yeah, turn one. Wow. Or turn yeah, turn one, and then. His counterattack with the the other the psychophage, yeah, I think yeah. it's got the tentacles coming sure, out of his mouth. Yeah. Didn't didn't scratch the mauler. So yeah. I don't know if that was just that game, but I noticed that Tyranids for one, if he had more of those monsters or um more sustainability, he would have been able to hit back harder. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. So I could take a unit of like Zoanthropes, Thropes. And put and so anything within six gets a six up invuln, which really protects the gaunts and the little guys. And then psychophage gives a six up funeral pain six inch aura. But the problem is, you can just shoot those things with your anti tank, and they're dead. Then all my little guys are like, oh, I went from a, you know, a little bit of survivability to you can kill me with a stiff breeze. But yeah, that's that's one of the and and I I really like the screamer killer. It's an awesome model, but at 180 points. He just screams, shoot me first. Yeah, yeah. Exa- the other Carnifexes are only 130, 135 maybe? 
Okay. So it's like he's got a 50-point tax on him just because he's new. So th- like I said, they, they need to do some tweaking, and I, I think we'll be in a real good place come January. So I don't be shocked if I run a ton of Tyranids at Cherokee. Maybe Adepticon. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But <clears throat> And, uh, yeah. The Screamer Killer is 180 points. Uh-huh. That's why he's not in any of my list. So, and he does nothing. He doesn't buff anything. He's got his one range attack, which is decent. And he hits really, really hard. The problem is getting him to where he can hit something. How hard does he hit, though? Screamer Killer has 10 attacks, hitting on 3, strength 10, minus 2 for 3 damage. Okay, that's pretty decent. I, I was comparing him to the Mauler Fiend, because the Mauler Fiend is 155 points. Okay. Um, And he has... Uh, three up armor save weapon skill three i think it's 12 attacks but half of them are strength 12 and then the other half are or half of them are strength 14 and the other half are strength seven okay. something like that he's got the extra attacks thing yeah, yeah extra attacks yeah he's, he's t9 two up save with 10 wounds but like i said almost anything can just pop him if if they try those, um, those aren't bad stats if he was priced it right let's like say just not, 150. not 20 30 points off i think he'd do a lot but i'd, I'd play him yeah, even but, if even if he was at 165 points, it'd be a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, he forces battle shocks and things, but I just like I said the other Carnifexes are 130, so it's it's just hard to for roughly the same amount of damage. Very. I mean, you could put guns on them, you can put different, you know, claws or scything talons and you can attach old one-eye to them so it's a brick of 3 instead okay. of just one guy like, "Hey, what's going on? Look at me. I'm tall. Shoot me." So which and and that's a lot of the issues with the the tyranids. Like you could just pop a lot of the monsters, you know. And I don't want to invest in you know thirty hive guard to keep all of my hive tyrants alive and that that kind of thing. Tyranid weaknesses in a nutshell. So yeah, let's let's move on to the main topic where we're going to talk about you and your commission painting because I I can't wait to hear a lot about it because I you're you're the first real I say commission painter I've dealt with other than that one guy we're not going to talk about. Let's get into it. How did you get into Warhammer painting, all this fun stuff? Was there like a, a epic superhero-esque story where you know somebody put a brush in your hand and was like, here, paint it? Or you just thought it looked cool and, and kind of slowly dived in? Well, I started I started modeling, um, modeling miniatures when I was uh, probably in my teens. I started with modeled cars. Okay, like most people then. Mm-hmm. Glue, gluing them together, Kids. painting them. Um, and then I got into uh, RC cars, still, you know, doing custom paint jobs on them and stuff. And then it was when I got to high school that I really started to explore my artistic side hard and got into sculpting and painting my own sculptures. Oh, wow. And I discovered Magic the Gathering, um, which is a card game, and played that for a really long time and then kind of got bored with it and wanted something more tangible. Sure. You know, something you can touch and feel and put on the table and then went to a local shop um, here in middle Tennessee and then um, discovered Warhammer. I saw the boxes for um, orcs and I was like, man, that looks super cool. Bought a bot. It was way back. I think in, I believe it was sixth edition or fifth edition. I don't know, but they came out with the orc box that came with a truck and boys together in the box it was like yeah. a combo and i bought that and painted it up it looked horrible but i loved it and that's kind of what got me into painting miniatures oh that's awesome yeah um 
so the first uh the first orc that I painted uh it was just like a white primer and just a green wash from GW. I can't remember the name of the wash, but it was just a green wash over the white primer and then yellow shirts and brown tan pants was how I painted those orcs and it looked awful, but it was fun and that was that was the like day that I knew that I really enjoyed painting miniatures because I didn't actually have to sculpt it. It was already basically already yeah, sculpted. Yeah. You just build it and you and you paint it, and it was really fun. Do you still have your first mini? I don't. Um, no. So when we moved, I sold my whole orc collection, which is a big regret of mine. Um, I sold it all. It was like probably four thousand points worth of orc stuff. Oh. Just sold it. Yeah. Almost all painted too. Yeah. Wow. Um, but that took you know a couple of years to get done. Jeez. Um, That's unfortunate. I'm I'm kind of glad I sold all of my Warhammer Fantasy stuff because that paint the most of the paint jobs were not great. So I don't have any of my first stuff either. I mean, you got to start somewhere though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I didn't start trying to do commission painting until maybe last year. But I've always I've always sold my artwork, just not miniature commission painting. Oh, okay, you know, yeah. Recently, well, last year, I would consider last year recently, I um, decided finally, you know, hey, why don't I try to paint miniatures, I guess not for a living, but to make a little extra on the side. And it's been working out okay so far. A lot of the guys at the shop have been supporting me and and commissioning me out, which I really appreciate if they're listening. I really appreciate that. I I try to push it on the Discord as much as I can without being like overtly like, go listen. Yeah, I just try to stay relevant, you know, as a, uh, I, I try to post enough to just be a, a reminder that sure. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. If I could figure out what I want to play and stick with it for more than a week, I'd, I'll probably use you at some point too, but. Yeah, I'm here. The hobby ADD is real. As your eyes got big as you looked at my shelves. I think I can, just within eye shot, I can see what, five, six armies? I don't want to talk about it. It's all, it's a bit. Never mind the shelf underneath there where you've got Marvel Crisis Protocol and Star Wars Legion and Shatterpoint. And it, it's one of those moments where you, you tell the listener you have to be here to, yeah. to understand. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of models. I have a problem, but at least it's contained to this room for the yeah. most part. So, how long have you been painting? I guess we kind of covered that since like roughly high school. Now, well, did you take a break like most people? You found girls, you took a, a decade off and came back, or? No, I've been into art um, for as long as I can remember. I mean, my I started with, you know, crayons, as yeah. I assume most kids do. Um, but I've been doing artwork for a long time. But as far as sculpting, you know, painting my own sculptures or um, miniature painting, I've been miniature painting probably since... I, uh, 2012 maybe give or take yeah about 10 years or so well what does a a typical day look like for a for a commission painter like do you wake up you've got a set schedule i paint from like 8 to 10 and then i take a break and then i paint for okay yeah so tell me tell me about that yeah um so i treat it like a a day job other commission painters may not but this is how this is what works for me because i need a little bit of structure right so a typical working day for me would be wake up, take the kiddo to school while they're at school. Um, you know, I do, I do my process. I start painting. I have an alarm set 
um, 15 minutes out so I can start wrapping it up and then go pick the kiddo up. Okay. Bring the kiddo home while the kiddo naps. I paint for another two hours. And then once the kiddo wakes up, that's my end of work day. Okay. Um, and it's usually four to five days a week I paint. But that works for me. I don't like chaos in my methods. Yeah. So I need structure. And I'm very strict on that. I, unless there's a, an extreme deadline I have to meet. If I, you know, if, if, if someone needs it within two weeks, then I'm probably going to paint straight through. Right. But other than that, if it's more of a lax timeline, like the, the fellow who is getting his space Marines done, he... He's real lax on it. He doesn't care oh, yeah, when Jeff it's done. so chill. Yeah, he's super chill on it. He says, take your time. His his motto is a happy artist makes happy work, makes good work. And I appreciate right. that. Yeah. But I, I need, I follow that, I follow my air quotes, nine to five very strictly because I don't want to get burnout. Right. You know, cool. burnout yeah. is, is real. And I've, I, I used to, do you <clears throat> listen to the independent characters at all? Hmm? The podcast? Independent characters? Mm-hmm. No. Check them out at some point. They're really good. They're the reason I started this. Okay. Um, and I actually got to tell the guy that runs that show last year at Adepticon. Man, you're the, re-, you know, it was, it was, it was a moment. Right. And he said the name was amazing. So, you know, made me feel good. Yeah. Um, but they, they used to talk to a guy named Colin and he, he's, uh, he's not, ne- uh, something mischief painting. Okay. You've probably seen his work, but he was on there just as a guest all the time, and he'd talk about the stuff he was doing. It was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, speaking of Next Level, I think you you message and talk to him a little bit, don't you? I, I turned you on to him. Yeah, yeah. I, I reached out to him about one of his classes. I haven't followed through with it yet, but dude is a great guy. Um, he even he messaged me, what, the other day to say happy holidays, much love. You wow. know, yeah, I, awesome. I, I appreciate it. He's a, he's a good dude. So if, if anyone's looking to get some lessons. I mean, that is one of the, I would consider him one of the, the greats. Okay. Um, you know, you have Thunderbrush, you have next level painting, which is yeah, yeah. him. And, um, what's the other really big one? There's uh, so many that Den I of follow. imagination. Yes. I mean, yeah. geez, those guys pump out some beautiful work. Mm-hmm. You know, actually I met Kenny at Adepticon too. It's a, if you want to meet people, go to Adepticon, just, yeah. just fly in for like a Saturday and just walk around and shake all the hands. The one in Vegas. That's uh, Chicago. Chicago, okay. Yeah, so it's like a nine-hour drive. It's great. Okay. But, you know, he was they were running the long war doubles, and I walked up to the table and kind of like, nah, he's talking to somebody, and he just looks over and he goes, I see you creeping over there. You give me just a second. We, you know, I'll chat with you. I was like, okay. And and he just walked up. I was like, how's it going, man? And and we talked for like five minutes. And he's, I was like, hey, my wife loves you. Can I get a selfie? He's like, oh, definitely. Uh, it, was, it was really funny. So he's he's a really stand-up guy. That's one thing I really like about, um, I would say like tabletop gaming as a whole is generally, generally speaking, the yes. community is very welcoming, very warming and, and, you know, friendly and, and open yeah, yeah. to, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Very open to newcomers and just. Oh, right. Well, it's, it's like every, everybody I met at Adepticon barring like one opponent uh, it was like, we are best friends now, you know, like yep. it's, it's so cool. And then to, to see those people later in the day, and be like, Hey man, how'd the rest of your, your tournament go? It's like, Oh, and, and sit there and, you know, chat with people for like five minutes. Yep. So great. Um, my, my, one of my favorite things is, um, being able to beat the crap out of each other on the table <laughs> and then just sh- shake hands afterwards, you know, maybe go get lunch, be buddies. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like our local, um, I met 
well, the majority of my f- friends now are from the local game shop and we oh, were yeah. ruthless to each other on the table, but oh, yeah. afterwards it's like, you know, hey, let's go hang out. Let's talk, talk about what you could have done better, you know, bringing, bringing everyone up to that level, which is pretty cool mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So what, what's the hardest part about commission painting? What's the most rewarding part? Like why, why do you do it? I would say the hardest part to answer the first part of that, um, the hardest part would be getting my plan together and communicating a direction with the client, you know? Um, so I had a client who commissioned a, the new Vindicare assassin model. Yes. Um, and they gave me total artistic freedom. Yes. So then I messaged them and was like, okay, let's go pink. Let's go synth wave eighties, you know, wild and crazy. And I'm glad that I said that because (laughs) then they came back and said, I'm fine with whatever you do as long as it's more on the realistic side or more on the serious side. Sure. So then I took that as more, okay, let's go grimdark instead. And then I went, I didn't do pink. I didn't do crazy. I went grimdark and they were happy with it. Okay. So the hardest part would be communicating um, and getting a direction from the the client because some some clients want you to just take it away. Sure. But then they always have some envision of what they actually want. So as a, as the artist, I try to extract at least some form of direction from them, even if they give me total freedom. Hmm. Cause you know, you, you never know. They, they may give you total freedom and then you paint the model pink and they hate pink. Right. You know, you never know. Um, the most rewarding part for me would be, uh, the end product, because I, I like, I, I enjoy art, you know, just something uh, pleasing to look at. You know, sure. that's the, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's why most painters paint miniatures unless it's, they're trying to get it ready for a tournament. I'm, assume, I'm assuming people get into this kind of hobby because they like the way the models look, you know, for the most part. And I think that's the most rewarding part for me is making models look awesome. You know, before Alternate Dimensions was a thing, we used to play at a different shop in town. Shane and I, we made a point. We were trying to do what we've basically done here at AD. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Let's let's go play like every Tuesday and Thursday at that shop. Let's have fully painted models with fully painted stuff. And, and let's just let people come over and be like, wow. Yeah. And it worked. People would walk in to look at other products there. And they would just cycle back to the back of the shop. And just, oh, what's back here? And they would see us playing those games and every single person would come over and be like, what is this? Oh my gosh. And, you know, granted, none of them converted, but just to, for them to see like, wow, that's really cool. I'd, I'd like to think that like year or two, the kid's going to grow up a little bit and have a little income or something and, and want to look into that. So it makes a huge difference to, to get your stuff painted up. Yeah, it really does. It takes, it takes the hobby to the next level. In my opinion, it takes the game to the next level because I'm sure we've all watched battle reports or been to played a game where it's just a wave of gray miniatures. And then you look at, you know, the big YouTubers, you know, pick, just pick a name and they do battle reports and all of their models are like professionally painted by like Siege Studios. And you're like, holy cow, this is cinematic. You're looking mm-hmm. at it and you're like, man, this is beautiful. As a guy that's been to a lot of events, there's nothing like traveling nine hours to an event and winning your first game and be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Going to game two and playing a, an art or playing against an army that was clearly 
slap chopped or just hit with washes the night before to, to have a shade on it that's a different color or to have your three shades to get your three colors and just getting absolutely wrecked by that army. And it's like, man, I come on, you know, like put, put a little effort into this. And I, I get the meta chasing and all that, but yeah, it does make a difference. Do you have any advice for someone looking to get into commission painting? I would say paint and it's going to sound cliche, but you're not going to get better if you don't paint. Don't be afraid to experiment with your own stuff. Um, you know, try out new techniques, watch videos, learn as many new techniques as you can. Watch others, like pick, find miniatures that are painted in the style that you like. Find the artist or artists that do that style and then try to imitate and watch how they do it. And then eventually your style will will come out and then you'll have like a signature style. Other advice would be to you know, don't get overwhelmed. If you're trying to do commissions for money, don't take on more commissions than you can handle right. and price your work accordingly, which has been the hardest part for me is trying to price my work where people want to come to me to have it painted and the price won't scare people away, right. but also so that I feel like I'm fairly compensated for my work. Sure. That that would be my biggest advices for people wanting to get into it. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've reached out to even even like the frontline gaming, <laughs> painting commission thing. I was like, hey, how much for like this unit? And no shade, no yeah, shade no, no, at no, all. No. But it is very expensive um, to get an army to go to like a professional paint studio and get your army painted. Oh yeah, and that's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to lower the bar for that. I'm my goal is to be able to provide people with a painted army or painted miniatures and not, you know, break their bank accounts, sure. you know, and, but still, still price it fairly. So I'm fairly compensated, but to give them a better value or a better bang for their buck, I guess. Sure. All right. So do you have any tips for beginners or people looking to, I guess we covered getting into it, but just tips for people starting out painting? Uh, yeah. Um, when I first started painting, I, literally YouTubed easy way to paint orcs and it sounds silly but you have to start somewhere you have to paint because it's a lot of dexterity too oh yeah you have to know how to hold a brush you have to know how to load your paintbrush you have to know how to thin your paints and holy cow learning how to thin your paints is one of the most important things I think anyone can learn when it comes to painting miniatures. It's it's always better to under apply a coat than it is to over apply. Yes. Because you can always add more, but if you need to take stuff off, you're stripping the whole model down. Oh yeah. The other tips I'd say for beginners is to pick um, pick models that you actually want to paint and you like the way they look, but try to pick, if possible, try to pick more models that have less trim, less detail like a Necron, you know, a Necron warrior. Right. Super easy to paint. Sure. Versus a, a, a Gene Steeler cultist, good God. Yeah. Or, or uh, Deptus Mechanicus. That Those are nightmares to paint, so those are probably more difficult armies to paint. Um, but the biggest advice for someone just starting painting would just be to start. Don't, you know, spend as little as possible on the supplies sure. until you figure out whether or not it's something you enjoy doing. Then if you figure out if it's something you enjoy doing, you can in- invest in yourself. You know, that it may not work for everyone, but that's what worked for me. 
you know, one paintbrush, apple barrel paint. Oh yeah. And then, and then I was like, okay, I actually do enjoy doing this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get, you know, an airbrush. Now I'm going to get a bunch more models that I want to paint and just paint. You have to paint. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So, so what's your opinion on something like the contrast or speed paints? Do you, do you like it? Do you think somebody should start with something like that? Or are you on the team where it's like, that's not really painting, you know, what, 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 uh, where do you fall? Uh, I suppose I'm kind of in the middle on that. Um, learning the, I guess the famous slap chop method or learning how to use contrast paints is good as a technique to add to your arsenal. Yes. Um, but if, if you are serious about painting miniatures as a whole, I would say don't focus on just one technique. Because if you just slap chop stuff, there are a lot of limitations to that technique. Like painting painting flat panels with contrast paints, in my opinion, it looks really bad because um, I haven't figured out how to get it to not coffee stain. Right. It coffee stains a lot. So versus if you just did a traditional layering and shading on a flat panel like a, a Land Raider, sure. it looks much better. Um, so, I, you know, slap chop is good for a beginner to learn and to pump out like a decent looking model. But I would say if you start with slap chop, learn how to do other methods too, like traditional layering, traditional glazing, edge highlighting, washes, you know, um, uh, etching, like value etching, you know, where you etch your light source in and then under shading. Those are really important techniques to learn, even if you are still just slap chopping, because you can add it onto the slap chop. Right. You know, yeah, I've got a buddy that's had a Sisters of Battle Army. He's had them since like 15, 20 years ago. And oh, when the, the new Sisters came out, yeah, he uh, he bought all the, the new stuff and he's assembled 10 of them. Oh boy. And he refuses to play until they're painted, very similar to someone else at the shop. Yep. And finally, I think just last night, we were sitting out around the fire and was like, tell me what colors you want. I'm going to buy the speed paints. Like we are painting this freaking army. I don't care because you're going to hit a point where you're going to be too old to play or whatever soon. Like let's, let's get this sister's army on the table. This is your, your passion army. Like you, you don't play because they're not, you know, come on, let's do this. Yeah. Speed paints do have, um, they do have value. If you're trying to paint something quickly, I mean, it's in the name, mm-hmm. you know, speed paint and well, contrast paint and speed paint, uh, in my opinion are synonymous cause they, right. Same. There's the same thing. Um, you base coat it white and you, blast out the colors you want and it'll give you a good dynamic range on the color um and that you know that's that's fair if if someone doesn't enjoy painting and they also don't want to commission their workout yep um they do it slap chop it i mean if if you're not into the painting and you don't care for it speed paint it boom and you get decent you get decent results from it you know, I mean, it, I'm, I'm using it on my nids just as a quick way to do all the flesh, but they're, they're nids. There's all sorts of curves and things. So I, yeah. I think it's fine for something like that. Just so I don't yeah. sit there and spend, you know, 20 or 30 minutes per body trying to get a, a, a color down. Yep. Nah, hit it with what is essentially a, a thick wash and, and the body's done. Yeah. So, and I'm not trying to make them look pretty like we talked about. They're just, I, I have to do so many of them. There's just not time. So. Right, and that's the benefit of a speed paint, is you can you can literally speed paint you know thirty 
gone in what two hours, maybe two three hours. Yeah, I think I watched a couple episodes of a show and like, oh wait, I'm done. Yeah, like, this is great. Blast them so, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man. Any any? Oh, actually, one more thing. So what what was your passion project? What's your personal army? What do you what do you? you oh know, yeah. What's your thing that you've painted that you you know like the most stuff like that? So. I would say my passion armies would be world eaters and orcs or, you know, chaos stuff and orky stuff. But currently, uh, world eaters, I've been all about world eaters. Um, I, I love the way they play on the table. They're very straightforward. I like the way they look, you know, they're just maniacs that just want to just get in and smash. And to me, that's, that's what the hobby's about. You, oh yeah. You know, you, you want to blow stuff up. You want carnage, you know, otherwise why, why do you play? You they were my, my first army, so I I understand. Yeah, they're fun. They're they're great. Um, my issue with world eaters was that they're red, and I'm not a huge fan of the uh, color red. But I decided to paint some of them red, some of them in the traditional chaos black and gold. Right. And now, as a running joke, I have a pink rhino. Um, so I'm going to paint some of them pink as well. So they're going to be red, black, and pink. Sure. Um, well, hey, the blood gets splattered, uh, yeah. dries, it fades over time. Like, I, I dig it. I yeah. dig it. Um, as far as my proudest miniature so far, would it would probably be Angron. Um, and if you if you look on my social medias, I'm sure you'll find a... a yeah, plug yourself. Um, if you look on my social media, uh, Howling Hatchet on Instagram and Facebook, I'm sure you'll see pictures of, of Angron on there eventually. I haven't... He's my profile picture, okay. but I haven't taken good photos of him yet to be yeah, worthy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's howling hatchet like a wolf howling, okay. and hatchet like like a yeah. a miniature axe or a straightforward. Yeah, howling hatchet. Yeah, um, that's my social media. You know, another crazy idea for your world eaters. If you do another squad, do a heresy era blue and white. Yeah, we talked about that before. I th- I thought about that. Um, to do blue and white and to kind of grunge them up a little bit and make them look battle-worn and stuff. But got, got lost in the warp, popped back out when the uh, Great Rift happened again. Like, I, there's play. Yeah, it, it would look cool. My only concern is painting white is awful for me. I, I hate it. So I, I, I could probably do like a bone white maybe. And it would Let look me show better. you something when we get off because I okay. found a, a non-white white. That okay. looks so good. If it's against any other color, it looks like white. Okay. And it, you don't have to deal with all the white BS that comes with painting white. Yeah, I don't know if it's just the way white paints are made, but geez, the pigment is packed in there. Just awful. Yeah, it's yep. hard to work with. I found the most beautiful, lightest blue gray. Okay. Looks almost, and then you can literally just almost dry brush on there, and it's it's perfect. Because okay, I, I do that yeah. for my Raven Guard shoulder pads. Yeah, I have to see that. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Any anything else before we wrap this up? Um, uh, not really, man. Just keep keep hobbying, guys, and enjoy the hobby. Keep keep fighting the good fight, you know. That's right. Playing with your toy soldiers and enjoying it. That's what it's about. Just go out there and have fun. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Leave us a comment somewhere. I I love to hear from people that find us. Occasionally, we'll have somebody on YouTube be like, hey great whatever and it's just random people that have found us so if, if you're randomly finding us let us know love to love to hear from people especially if, how you found us what you think any critiques uh, i know this isn't perfect but hey we're, we're dealing with what we got here but yeah this has been episode 15 of webway radio with kurt 
and Christoph. And uh, we'll see you next time. 